We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, my beautiful friends, just sending you blessings of hope and healing on this magnificent day. You've probably heard the saying, if you do what you've always done, you will get what you've always got. But in order for us to do something different, many of us need to find ourselves in absolutely unworkable situations or utterly down on our knees. I know that was certainly the case for me. But the gift of a breakdown can be a breakthrough. And being at the bottom of the barrel can be the catalyst for a true metamorphosis. I found it interesting, this report from American Psychology Association. They recently shared a study which indicated those who reported the highest levels of trauma and adversity also reported the highest levels of growth and self-development. In other words, your greatest adversity has the potential to be your greatest opportunity. Today, we're talking to someone who knows the terrain of transformation intimately and now helps others navigate from the shadows and confusion of darkness into the clarity of light. Baba Ram, formerly known as Brad Willis, is a former NBC News foreign correspondent who overcame a broken back, failed surgery, and stage four cancer through mind-body medicine, yoga, and Ayurvedics. As a journalist, he was awarded the DuPont Award for his work in Afghanistan in 1986 during the Soviet War. Today, Baba is a spiritual musician, a teacher of Vedic wisdom, and leads workshops all over the world. He's also the author of two books, The Eight Limbs of Yoga Pathway to Liberation, and his memoir, Warrior Pose, How Yoga Literally Saved My Life, Deep Yoga Ancient Wisdom for Modern Times. So, Baba Ram, thank you so much for being here with us today on Journey to Center. Thank you, Tammy. It's so good to be with you. I read your book, and as soon as I got involved in it, I couldn't put it down. I was up late, late into the night on a few nights, and you have a story. I've read a lot of stories, but your story is, is unlike anything else I've ever read about. You are truly a walking, breathing miracle. So can we just start with a little bit of your backstory? Well, I'd like to first say that it's a joy to be with you here on your show and that what you said at the beginning is so powerful and so true. And yes, I had a direct experience of that. And I'd like to say that we are all walking, breathing miracles, but sometimes we forget and we're just not so sure and we lose our courage and our faith in ourselves. I I had the life of my dreams when I was Brad Willis in my, my first life, if you will, as a war correspondent for NBC News covering some of the most momentous events of our time from the Persian Gulf War, apartheid in Africa, drug wars in South America, revolutions in El Salvador, Nicaragua, and Afghanistan, as you mentioned, and I was put in charge by NBC of all Asia after the Gulf War. I was in the prime of my life. And this career completely and utterly identified me. Mm-hmm. It gave my life meaning because I was there to tell the truth as best as I could about human suffering and conflict. And there were many, many times when those reports actually ignited positive change when compassionate people viewed them and came together to help refugee children or to volunteer for hospitals and war zones and, and so forth. So... 
1986, when I was inside of Afghanistan, and I won that award you mentioned, which was the equivalent of the Pulitzer Prize, which just floored me. I didn't even know the, <laughs> the award existed. Being very type A, working 60, 70, 80 hours a week because I was so driven and so devoted, I finally decided to take a vacation. I went down to the tropics to relax. And on the last night of this vacation on a little remote island, a big storm came up. I was battening down storm windows. The final one was high up on a ledge. I fell when the handles broke off and I cracked my lower back. It was really a traumatic fall. I, I thought I might die because I couldn't breathe. It knocked the wind out of me so much. But as soon as I recovered to a certain level, I got up and I kept pushing forward for seven more years through all those different venues I was just mentioning, mm -hmm. hiding a dark secret. I was in incredible pain. So my career was like a rocket going upwards mm -hmm. and my mental and physical health were plummeting towards an abyss. And the only way I, I found to cope at the time was through prescribed medications heavy medications, Vicodin and Valium and Motrin and other things, anti-inflammatories, narcotic medications. And I started drinking a little more heavily every night as well. Anything to escape this pain, just telling myself tomorrow you'll get better. Tomorrow you'll get better. Think of all the war wounded children you've seen. Your problem isn't that big. Seven years later into this, I was in the Philippines covering a story in Asia where I was in charge of the whole region. I lived in Hong Kong at the time. And that crack in my lower spine split wide open and I fell to the ground screaming. I was flown back ultimately to the United States, to San Diego, where I live now. Had major back surgery on my lower back and it failed. And I was declared permanently disabled. So I went from this global fulfilling life to being locked in a body brace and I couldn't sit up to eat a meal to being pickled on heavier medications to drinking more to escape my pain to just pretend I wasn't there and I became darker and darker as a result of this I, I became a master of self-pity and anger and fear I'd not only had I lost my physical health, I'd lost who I was. I'd lost my whole identity. Mm -hmm. And when you're in chronic pain, you just feel like there's no future. There's no way out. How can I possibly cope? Yes. That anguish went on for four years, Tammy, and I got darker and darker and heavier and heavier because I continued to eat and drink like a war correspondent hiking through mountains and deserts, but I'm just laying on the laying couch there. the whole time. Right, right. And... Um, then my little boy was born and I had a glimmer of hope. I finally thought, well, I'm a daddy. I do have an identity. You know, buck it up, Brad Willis. And even though I'll never be able to carry him on my shoulders or kick a soccer ball, I'm a daddy. Three months into this, I got sick and I was diagnosed uh, with stage four cancer that started in my throat and had metastasized throughout my lymphatic system from exposure to depleted uranium in the Persian Gulf War, and my doctor said, you won't live two years. I got darker. Add to this now morphine, Vicodin, Prozac, Valium, Ritalin, more alcohol to escape my anguish, and an incredible guilt that I was leaving this little boy's life. Total despair. I pushed 
everyone out of my life but that little boy. I, I became a very difficult person. I really inhabited the dark side of my soul. And as he turned two, just before the year 2000, and I maybe had a few months to live, he came to me, and in his own little way, he finally understood something is really wrong with my daddy. And he looked at me, trembled, and said three little words that ultimately changed my whole life. It cracked me wide open. He said, get up, daddy. And that and the, became your touchstone and your mantra. It became my touchstone. It cracked my heart open, Tammy. And mm -hmm. for the next three weeks, I'm chanting in my head, get up, Daddy, how I'm dying of cancer. I'm, I have a broken back. You know, I'm pickled on all these drugs. And I finally thought, with, with the help of my family, that what I needed to do was to get off all these drugs that had so deranged me. And one day, maybe somebody would tell my little boy, your daddy got up. He died with dignity. He got off all that garbage. So I checked into a detox unit, detox cold turkey on what was now 14 years of heavy medication. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh, boy. <laughs> Dante's Inferno is the real deal. All Dark the night of the soul, checked into sure. my room with me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They were all there. I can't there even imagine. I mean, yes. I had visions of them flying through the corners of the darkness of my room. And I crawled out of there delusional, in more pain, not knowing what to do. And by some grace of the divine, they invited me to join a new experimental east-west pain clinic. They said, we can help you maybe with your pain through these alternative modalities, but we can't help you with the cancer. And I said, I'm all in. It was like a lifeline, even though I didn't even understand what it involved. The first day I went, I did something called biofeedback, where they hook you up to electrodes, take your brain waves, skin temperature, all these things, and heart rate, and they play you a guided meditation called a visualization. And this Love voice came on, yes. mm -hmm. and it gave me permission to relax and permission to think positively. And by the end of this 20 minutes, I had a completely different taste inside of my body a completely different experience of what it was like to be me. And I realized for the first time, I have a role to play in whatever healing potential I might have. I went home and got that person's book to the hotel where I was staying, had the, the concierge FedEx it overnight uh, by Dr. Emmett Miller, one of the founders of Mind Body Medicine in America, who's now a yes. dear, dear friend. And one of the first chapters spoke directly to me and it said, it's time for you to get over yourself and stop all your self-pity. Stop all your anger and fear and take charge of your life. Mm -hmm. And as I started moving forward, finally there was a glimmer of light in the darkness of my personal cave. I started therapeutic yoga. I had never done yoga before. I was a former jaded, cynical war correspondent who would have just dismissed it as an utter waste of time. And the minute I walked into this yoga room in the hospital, I knew there was this little voice deep inside of the soul from which I was so estranged that said, this is it. My ego said, what are you talking about? My soul, <laughs> my soul said, quiet down. This is it. And I went back to my hotel and I got all the ancient texts of yoga and I discovered it's not just 
postures and things that you might do at a yoga studio or at your spa. It's a complete mind-body-spirit science that's incredibly profound about reharmonizing and purifying your body and your mind on all levels, about making a journey to the truth of who you are and to the light of your soul. A month into this, the pain center closed down. The insurance companies wouldn't pay the bills. They called up two alternative. I knew three people in the program. Two returned to alcohol and narcotic medications. My best friend in the program killed himself. I went home and built a yoga room in my house. And I started practicing 10 to 12 hours a day, only crawling out at strategic points of the day to be with my little boy and to get him a meal, put him down for a nap or take him to preschool or something. And this is not just yoga postures, breath work, meditation, positive affirmations, changing self-pity and fear and anxiety and anger into compassion and acceptance and forgiveness and loving kindness, which modern science now knows creates a different inner chemistry inside your body. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I changed my whole meat and potatoes Western diet to veganism, to pure organic vegetarianism. I called it my organic chemotherapy. Mm -hmm. I started fasting for long periods of time and doing other ancient yogic purifications of my body. Took off 80 pounds from my body. And two years later, it's more flexible than I ever had been. I had no back pain and no cancer. So, yeah, this to me is so fascinating. Yoga literally saved your life. And I, the way you're describing this, it's like yoga and Ayurvedics was your bridge from victim to empowered. Absolutely. And some of your listeners may want to know that Ayurveda is the sister science of yoga. It's the science of right diet, right mental diet, of balancing yourself mm-hmm. on all levels, of avoiding overstimulation from this very fast-paced, high-stress culture that we live in and avoiding all the overstimulation of mass media as much as we can, of going inside to within us to a place of stillness and silence. You know, it's the same reason an animal crawls into a cave when it's wounded and holds still. It knows that in that stillness and silence, there's an inner peace that promotes healing. Yes. And that's the turning that I took. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it work now, Tammy, with thousands of students and clients in the new life that I've devoted myself to in yoga and Ayurveda as Baba Ram and in our deep yoga school of healing arts here in San Diego. Such an incredible journey. And the thing that I love most about your story and about your book is that quality of hope, that light. So if anybody's listening and they're struggling with their health or with any aspect of their life, if you pick this book up, you will have hope. Something you say on page 274 that I love so much, you said, with yoga, the heavy veils I placed over my soul are slowly lifting one by one, revealing something inside of me that disappeared long ago. My emotions are shifting from anger and fear to acceptance, confidence, and even a little bit of humility. I'm moving away from being a self-pitying victim and starting to take responsibility for my life. A feeling I had forgotten existed now visits me daily. The word that comes closest to describing it is hope. Mm -hmm. That brings back a lot of memories. You know, while warrior pose, how yoga literally saved my life is a memoir, 
the intention is that it's not just my story. It's emblematic of all of our stories. We all have this power inside of us to heal to whatever our maximum potential might be. To turn obstacles, as you said in the beginning, into blessings, into opportunities, to find who we really are, and ultimately to manifest our fullest potential. It's there in each and every one of us without exception. We have been disenfranchised from it, again, by a very stressful, distracted, overstimulated culture, but it is there. And I truly believe yoga happens to be the greatest science ever created of how to make the journey back to that power, to your own inner guru, find your inner light and your inner wisdom, and heal yourself on all levels. And Tammy, if I could do it as dark and broken and sick and desperate as I was, don't let anybody ever tell their, themselves that they can't, because I know they can. Yeah, I think, you know, most of us that have uh, traversed the dark night of the soul and gotten to the other side, it's like our, our stories are unique and they are not unique. They, we are brought to our knees, but all of us do have a soul or we wouldn't be breathing. Spirit is what breathes us. So if we're breathing, there's still hope. And, and um, she says, oh, my dear one, I'm sorry to give you so much pain, but it's the only way I could have a conversation with you. It's like sometimes we have to crack to crack open. That's and right. it's a shame it has to be that way. And I think it's uh, sometimes a testament to how strong we are as egos or personalities. And I can so relate to what you were saying in the beginning. Your ego was having a great time being human. Mm-hmm. You were making good money. You were handsome. You were famous. You're traveling all over the world doing work that is meaningful, meaningful, very meaningful work. And going into the dark recesses of humanity and telling these dramatic stories. And then it was so interesting for me as I read your book to watch you become one of those dramatic stories in your, in your own way. It was crazy. So it's like, to me, it's, it's transitioning, transforming from the ego-based life to the soul full life, the soul life, this life of spirit. And uh, it's often not what our egos think they want. <laughs> but I think it's at the soul level what we all truly want. And this is what stress is all Absolutely. about. Stress really is not what life is doing to you. It's what you're doing to yourself internally. And it's because we don't feel authentic and we don't feel in touch and connected. And that's always stressful, no matter if we're rich or poor, famous or infamous. What we all really want to do is come back to a sense of our higher power and our spirit and be who we were really meant to be. Oh, you're so speaking my language. It's absolutely true. And I know you wrote this in your book, and I know it's true for me. As I look back on those challenges and that that anguish and the pain and those nights on my knees, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for whatever it took to get me to this place, although I wouldn't have thought it at the time. And I know that you have said that as well. It's not something I would have considered a blessing at the time. But now it has been, it was what transformed me. It's what turned me from the caterpillar into the butterfly. And exactly. it, it's exquisite that the living example that you are, I think, is just, it really is exquisite. Thank you, Tammy. So something else you write that just touched me uh, right out of the gate, the beginning of your book. My healing journey taught me that there is an inherent power and natural intelligence within all of us. By tapping into these forces, we can move far beyond our perceived limitations and often achieve miraculous results. 
This is why the workshop that I've been teaching in conjunction with the book Warrior Pose across the country, I'll be at the Kripalu Yoga and Health Center in Eastern Massachusetts the first weekend of April, and teaching yoga journal conference here in San Diego in July and so forth. But the workshop is called The Guru Is You. And I used <laughs> this ancient Vedic wisdom, which is a wisdom from which yoga and Ayurveda arise, in a modern, applicable way to our lives to help you connect more deeply with that inner guru, with your inner power, to truly set your heart's intentions and then have tools to take doable steps in that direction so you start creating a little victory after little victory that ultimately turns into a major victory. Mm -hmm. Because as you said in the beginning, if you want new results for your old behaviors, you have to have new behaviors. And this is an essential message of yoga too, that finding this power takes a courage and a commitment and a faith in yourself and a daily practice, just like we mm -hmm. brush our teeth every day to have good breath. If you want to be whole and happy, you have to give it your attention every single day. Mm -hmm. Courage, commitment, and consistency. That's right. So amazing. So, Baba, for people that are listening going, well, yeah, this sounds good. I want a copy of that book. How can they find you? How can they find about your class, your retreats, and, and get a copy of your book? DeepYoga.com, D-E-E-P, like going deep, DeepYoga.com. Uh, we are Deep Yoga. My new wife and I founded this about 10 years ago, the Deep Yoga School of Healing Arts. And we mean deep that we anchor back into that ancient Vedic wisdom. Uh, the book Warrior Pose is available on Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, all booksellers, possibly at your local bookstore. If not, go ask them. <laughs> <laughs> and the other things that we do, I actually wrote two other books called Deep Yoga, Ancient Wisdom from Modern Times and The Eight Limbs of Yoga, Pathway to Liberation. Oh, but Warrior books. Pose is that story. Warrior Pose is that story of finding your own inner guru and transforming your life that we've been talking about today. So please visit us at deepyoga.com. We'd love to to be in touch and to serve any of your listeners in any way that we can. So good. And you might be getting tired of this, Bava, but I'm not getting tired of it. I have one last thing I want to read in your book that I just, I think, again, you just distill it down to these like nuggets of profound truth and wisdom. And I just love that. That's what I live for when I read a book. So you say on 281, yoga teaches the immutable law of karma. Karma says, we are the architects of our happiness and our misery. We can hope for new outcomes from old behaviors or realize that only new behaviors will change our circumstances. It's our choice. We can continue to suffer or we can take responsibility for our lives. We can live in our illusions, feeling frustrated and victimized, or we can surrender our egos and see the bigger picture. This means we learn to listen to our hearts, reclaim our power, step up, and take skillful action. Tammy, as I think you well know, whatever thoughts we anchor into, the whole world rises up to support us, to mirror that mm -hmm. to us. And if our thoughts are negative, a negative world will glare itself in our face each and every day. And so if true. our thoughts become positive, that is reflected to us. In many, many ways, we are always recreating our own reality. And that's why people with negative attitudes get sicker. People with positive attitudes take a sugar pill in a study and they have the miraculous healing, not the person who got the medicine. The game starts with your mind because that ultimately determines your character and determines your destiny. 
And so positive thinking is not just airy-fairy, not just new agey. It changes your inner chemistry. It changes your perception of the world and the world's perception of you. And it changes your life. Outer reality is a reflection of inner reality. When we take that responsibility for our inner reality, our lives cannot help but transform it process isn't always easy, but it can be filled with grace and miracles and support. And when the teacher's ready, the student appears. When the student's ready, the teacher appears. And I love that you said yes to your soul and are now, you are now such a powerful teacher for other people that want to be ushered from the darkness into the light and helping people get in touch with their inner guru. Because we all have one. Sometimes their voice falls quiet. But people like you can can help us access that. And I'm just so grateful for your story. I have so much respect for you and your path. And I'm just so grateful you took the time today to have this conversation with us. Well, Tammy, thank you so much for having me. And thank you so much for the incredible work that you are doing to help people find spirit and healing and authenticity through Empower Radio. Oh, it's my life's purpose. (laughs) It's my pleasure and it's my blessing to be able to have conversations with people like you. It's like, what could be better? This is amazing. So to my listeners, thank you for hanging out with us, taking some time of your day to hang out with us on Empower Radio and Journey to Center. I'm so honored that uh, you do this. You know, time, connection, that's some of the most important things that we have. And if you have any questions, feedback, if if you just want to connect, I would love that either on Facebook. You're on Facebook, right, Bava? Yes, I actually am. <laughs> <laughs> Love Facebook. It's crazy. It's connection. I'm on Facebook. You'll find Deep right. Yoga on Facebook. You'll find Bhava Ram on Facebook. B-H-A-V as in Victor A, last name Ram, R-A-M. Like CD Ram. Yes. And then uh, if you want to find me on my website, I do guided meditations. Love that stuff. TammyBPhD.com. I have a free downloadable guided meditation. If you have questions, be in touch with me. I'm here to support you in any way that serves. God bless you. Love from our hearts to yours. Onward and upward. Bye for now.